What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Here's Jerome McGinley busting in. Drops it back for Crosby. Feeds it across the net. Backdoor score! Jerome McGinley with a beauty! I mean, that's tape. Eventually to tape again and then tape and then neck. That's slick. Sportsfeld Storytime, we are taking you back to February of 2010. Where were you when? It is the 2010 Winter Olympiad. We are talking about, of course, the gold medal game, Canada versus the USA. Um, an instant classic, one of the all-time games where, where if you were a Canadian hockey fan and you were watching this game, you generally, I think, and I, I don't try to overuse this. I think this is one of those ones where people will remember where they are and what they were doing their entire lives when they when they watch that game. Yeah, um I I um, I mentioned it when we get to the actual game, but there's some statistic that is debated, but there is a statistic that says 26.5 million Canadians watched at least part of this game, which is almost the entire country, which is insane. Like even just from a objective perspective that's insane to have an entire country almost entirely watching the same thing yeah no unquestionably but you know as we spoke to in the previous episode it was it was that hype it was can't miss it was basically the only sporting event uh that mattered in the world by the time the finals rolled around that's for sure there was no other olympics even that was the, this was the last event of the olympics uh canada sort of booked it that way so that the gold medal hockey game would be the crown jewel, would be the closing ceremony, would be the last event. Uh, and it lived up to the hype, which is really all you can really ask in these sort of situations. We went over the roster a little bit in the last episode just to sort of uh, refresh your memories. Uh, Brodeur, Fleury, Luongo, and Nett, your defensemen, Boyle, Doughty, Keith, Niedermeyer, Pronger, Seabrook, and Weber, forwards, Bergeron, Crosby, Getzlaff, Heatley, Aginla, Marlowe, Morrow, Nash, Richards, Perry, Stahl, Toronto Maple Leafs legend Joe Thornton, and Jonathan Taves. A heck of a team. Uh, a lot of guys in their early 20s to mid-20s, which is, you know, how you win hockey tournaments. Um, Canada looking pretty stacked, not going to lie. That's, that's a pretty stacked team. I don't know that the results totally matched up with what we expected, especially out of the gate. Uh, they did win their first game. They played Norway in game one, and that is not... Uh, too surprising that they dominated Norway. Um, a hat trick from Jerome McGinley, two from Heatley. Danny Heatley was really, really, really good at hockey. People forget. No, they don't. People know. <laughs> he, he is sort of, I feel like, one of that 
era kind of a guy who doesn't get mentioned maybe as much as some of the other like like him and Jason Spezza played together. Yes. And like Spezza is obvi- is like still like obviously he's still playing which helps. But like Spetz is like okay, it's Jason Spezza. He was like the he was a legend for a while. And like Heatley was extremely good then too. Uh 42 to 15 your shots in game 1. Looking at this lineup, not even recognizable Norway players. Not you know, sometimes there's a guy here or there that you're like, "Oh, well Matt Sukarello, how about that?" But Matt Sugarello playing for Team Team Norway uh, at twenty three. I love. I do. Lo- I will say I do love when they're like finding the one player I know in Olympic hockey games in countries that don't have major rosters. Yes, it's, it's awesome for me. I That's, enjoy that. It's the old Nick Antropov on Team Kazakhstan little thing, <laughs> right? Uh, game two of this tournament: Canada against Switzerland, a three-two win. Switzerland, uh, one of those sneaky teams that I feel like always plays Canada well at every level. I mean, maybe, maybe that's yeah. Um, maybe that's not quite true, but uh, never easy against Switzerland. When you always go into the game against Switzerland, being like, "This isn't going to be easy." Brodeur uh, got the start against Switzerland after the fifteen save shutout from Luongo in game one. I remember, like. I remember there was because it's Canada, so of course the narratives and the takes have to be being being fired off consistently and constantly at all times. The I remember the takes around this game at or after this game, I should say, and going it like you read off the roster, and like people weren't confident in the team. It was like they lost four in a, a completely different tournament with a completely different roster four years ago, and everyone was like, "Canada's gonna fuck it up again." Like it, it's very odd in retrospect. And it was a shootout, as you uh, astutely point out in the notes. A shootout win uh, for Canada, which you know you need to you need to be beating Switzerland, but the same way you beat Norway. That's sort of the anything less than eight nothing would be disappointing. But this is also a, you know coming out of two thousand six and coming out of um, a similar timeline with some disappointing. Remember the World Juniors? They were they finished like eighth in the World Juniors, and it was like referendum on the game. Right. right. This was the timeline <laughs> right. where like Canada wasn't allowed to not be great at hockey. It was a Major new like now if Canada lost at hockey I feel like we we would just sort of shrug and move on with our lives like did Canada win the juniors this year I don't even know um, I truly have, I couldn't tell you I but when they lose like, the juniors that, now we sort of shrug to that point I was in looking this up and you mentioned the World Cup of Hockey last episode uh, did a I forgot I like I knew Canada won yes. but did you know that Brad Marchand scored the winning goal with forty seconds left in the game. Yes, like, I did. That, I yeah. That to me feels like it should be a like moment that Canadians remember forever, like a last second goal to win the tournament, and I didn't even know what happened. I have a very good memory of the World Cup of Hockey because um, my I was working at Sportsnet, and it was like basically a Rogers property, like that basically was invented right. for Rogers to have, um, and. Canada winning that game or losing that game and forcing a game three was the difference between a three-day weekend. So Marshan scoring was like a <laughs> huge deal for me. I was like, yes, the one time in my life where I will fist pump over Brad Marshan. I was, I was thrilled. I was thrilled when they won that game. Fair enough. That's a that's a good, good answer, actually. But for purely selfish reasons, nothing to do with Canada hockey or Pacific Pride or any of that stuff. Right. Kind of a funny one in retrospect because the shootout, a uh, bit of a crapshoot and – Really, they they don't have a great like they don't have a dominantly great 
group stage. So, you know, a couple things go the other way. Crawley scores the only goal. Brodeur makes every save. Things go the other way. Canada is suddenly, like, in some real trouble in this group. Sort of interesting to look at retroactively. Yeah, and, like, they, w- I was doing the math in my head looking at this. Like, they won their first game so handily that, like, I don't think... Because, like, Switzerland made the group stage, the knockout stage also. Yes. But, like, they... So they couldn't have missed it, but they would have had to play a significantly harder first-round opponent than who they did play. Uh, the third game of this round robin is the prelude to what would be the big bad wolf at the end of the tournament on Sunday. It's Canada-USA, a perfect Sunday game. And Canada gets smoked 5-3 by the United States. Uh, Jamie Langenbrunner scores in this game. Brian Rafalski scores twice. Remember some guys. Uh, Ryan Kessler scores in this game. Chris Drury, who seems to score a big goal every game ever. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, we will get a little deeper into uh, Team USA a little later on. But it is still, like, Canada loses 5-3, but they do outshoot the United States 45-22. to uh, Brodeur, not great, but um, a bit of an early scare. And, you know, just enough. Just enough. The, the, old, the old Canada needs a wake-up call. Um, this was a big doubt, and, and Brodeur, um, a questionable. Is, is Martin Brodeur? All washed up. This was the big question as after Canada fell to the United States. Yeah, and because like I remember going in, obviously Luongo was that. This is like a. It's in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and b. This was like prime Luongo narrative time. This was can he get it done in the big games despite probably being the best goalie in the world at this time? Or I can't believe we're already through his career, like Roberto Luongo. We already it's saw what it's wild. Isn't that unbelievable? And he never played here. Which is a shame. Shame. I was slutty one. What a shame. But like, yeah, this that I remember that debate of like Broder's Martin Broder. You can't bench Martin Broder, but should they? And then this game happened, and I feel like I I might be remembering this wrong, but wasn't there a a goal where like he tried to throw his stick to knock the puck away or something, and or he lost control of his stick somehow. And it led to one of the state's goals. I couldn't really find it because the Olympics is so difficult about highlights. Um, but I feel like there was like a big gaff, and it was like, oh, okay, maybe Broder is done here. My individual memory—if you had asked me this five years ago, I would have had it for you. My individual yeah. memory of individual hockey games as I as I age, very difficult. But um, I do definitely remember the. Luongo should be starting because it's in Vancouver conversation. And he was, I mean, 2010, don't they make the Stanley Cup Finals, the Canucks? I, they do, yeah. So, I mean. And, the, and the, ne- the next year, no. Maybe not the next year they did. So the next year they lost to Boston. Yeah. Right, but I think, I think they were, Chicago They were very title. good, though. 
Yeah, but they were very good. They were a play- perennial late-round playoff team. Absolutely. So, wow. Now Canada is 1-1-1, uh, one, one, and one, basically, with the with the shootout. Um, you're thinking, uh-oh, concerns. There's some concerns. Definitely not looking Teflon. Looking more like 2006 than they are 2002. They finish with a game against Germany in the elimination run. Am I reading this right? No, I don't think I am. Uh, I am not. They finished, pardon me, they finished the round-robin round against the United States. They're sixth in the round-robin. Gives them Germany in game one of the elimination. And, I mean, this is a, this is Sweden-Norway level. Uh, and this is Norway level. Eight to two. Uh, eight to BU. Uh, Thomas Grice getting lit up. Marco Sturm, Dennis Seidenberg. Here's some guys. Marcel Mueller. Uh, Marcel Gotch. Corbinian Holzer. Wow. Uh, really? Yeah. Before we, even, before we had the horror of knowing Corbinian Holzer, I guess. Christian Erhoff, uh, John Tripp. So a, a bunch of guys that would have cups of coffee. Uh, Alexander Sulzer takes a minus four in that game. That's a shame. Um, but Canada sort of reestablishing themselves as a team to beat if they are playing a very bad team. The, the, the question becomes, can they beat a very good team? But... Uh, this was a no-doubter over before it started. Again, led with two, Crosby with one, uh, Niedermeyer, Richards, and Maple Leafs legend Joe Thornton also scored in this one. Longo, 21 saves on 23 shots. The Canadian hockey team is through, and who is waiting on the other side of the door in their quarters but the Russians? Team Canada trying to beat the Russians or slash the Soviet Union for the first time in nine tries. They haven't beaten them since 1960s. Long Alley. Here we go. He'll come in over the line. Royal sweeping in. Center scores! Ryan Getzler leads Team Canada in shots. Hinkley Browns. Dan Boyle Canada-Russia for a shot at the semifinal. That is what it's all about. When you're when you're dreaming up the Olympic hockey, you're, you're dreaming up Canada versus Russia. They lost only one game in the round robin, and it was an overtime. This was, you talked about the hard road they had to go through. Finishing sixth means they had to play Russia. Uh, they could have, you know, the, the other option, the Switzerland you talked about, the road they took. Switzerland played Belarus and then the United States, so... Um, it was either going to be Russia or the United States in their in their second round, and uh, it was Russia. Yeah, this was really like you want to talk narrative perfect storm wise. It got kind of upset because Slovakia won their quarterfinal matchup, but they were a Slovakia loss away from having to go Russia, Sweden, USA. Crazy to win gold. Crazy. Uh, Luongo in net again, nerves high. Yeah, I remember. I remember this one. This one felt big. This was like the team's not very good. The Rus- Ovechkin was, I think, going crazy in this tournament. The Russians were very good. I remember that. And it was a tense game or a tense feeling before the game. And then immediately it became not a tense game. And then puck drop, baby. And the Canadians flying. It is a four-goal first period. No problem. Gets laughed 221. Boyle at 1209. Nash at 1255. 
early in the second period. It's 6-1 to one Canada. They cruise on a scoreless third, cementing themselves into the semifinals, and really locking in Luongo as the guy in net. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. beat Russia 7-3. You are, you're the goalie going forward. Yeah, and I remember th- I remember this game feeling like one of those games where you sort of can't believe it's shaking up the way it is. Like I remember I watched at my friend John's house and like when they went up three nothing, it was just that feeling of like, oh okay. Yeah. This is fine. Um that brings them to the semis. Uh which was supposed to be the close game that we expected to have against Russia. It happened against the Slovaks, a three two game on February 28th, Slovaks, man, this is a low-key, really good team. I mean, really good. Chara, <laughs> Chara, Dimitra, Gabarik, Hanzus, two hoses, Thomas Kopechki, Ziggy Palfi, Miroslav Shatan, Andrei Sekera, Josef Stumpel, Lubomir Vizhnovsky, Richard Zednik with Yero Halak in net. That's a lot of NHL players. Under five minutes to play. Zednik with the puck. Comes out in front. Backhand shot. They score! Hatsus in front. It's now a 3-2 game. Tied down to 13 seconds remaining. Here's Marion Holson. He shoots and it's set wide by Dimitra. Just missed the net. Nash clears to the line. Five seconds. But chased now along the boards by Stumple and time runs out on the Cinderella story of these Olympics. Keep this game in regulation. There's 38 in blue. Watch the stick and then the shot. By Pavel Dimitra, not able to follow through, maybe off the crossbar as it's well. It's funny. I remember they like obviously them beating Sweden was a huge upset because Sweden is still Sweden, regardless. Especially like 2010 Sedin Brothers Sweden. But they were so talked about as like the upstart Cinderella team that nobody expected. But then you read the roster, it's like, oh, they were really fucking good. Yeah. Absolutely. Fast. I remember they were really fast. Um Good old maple. I actually have yeah. a funny story. Go for it. I have a funny story about my experience with this game. Uh, I went to see the Raptors play the Cavaliers that night. I want. I was. I got. I was in university in Montreal, obviously during this. But the Olympic tournament fell. Like the entire elimination round basically fell uh, on my reading week. Ooh. So I was home, which was great. So I was like, I'm in town. LeBron's in town. I'm going to go to the Raptors game to see LeBron. I believe this was like a late, like 9 p.m. start because it was West Coast for the Canada game. So I was like, I'll miss the first whatever. Like, I no, it was a, even later than that because I remember thinking like it'll time out perfectly that I can get to a bar from the Raptors game. Some downtown, whatever. I think I went to the game with my dad. And of course, this Raptors-Cavaliers game goes to overtime. And the Raptors were shit. So like no one really cared. Everyone was there to see LeBron. I believe Danielle Marshall had a big game for the Raptors that night. Sure. Um, but what made me laugh at the time was uh, before, between the, it was like a very close game and it's still against LeBron. So the crowd, and it's still a Raptors crowd. So the crowd's super into it. And then before, in between the fourth quarter and overtime starting, the entire building cleared out <laughs> because everyone was going to watch the hockey game. And I remember we stayed to watch overtime because it's only like five minutes, like whatever. And we ended up having to watch this game, I think, in the basement of the Royal York Hotel because it was the only bar that wasn't full. Wow. That we didn't that we didn't have to trap. Like 
we tried your like your loose mooses and your jack asters and whatever and it was just like not gonna happen yeah and so it was the only bar we could find that was close to the acc so we didn't have to travel to miss half the game and that had spots we watched with like five people because it's a hotel bar uh but it was I, it's the one and only time I've been to the Royal York Hotel to was to watch Canada Slovakia. Uh, Canada wins three two. Um, a tense one. Marlow scores early, uh, late in the first. Pronger scores uh, right after that, and then gets laugh three nothing. You're feeling okay, pretty good. But Lubomir Vizhnovsky, who was L.A. Kings legend, and then Michael Hanzu score uh, late. And Roberto Luongo makes a huge save in the dying seconds on Pavel Dimitra to send Canada to the gold medal game. And that is where we will pick it up next time on Sports Belt Storytime. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.